Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Keen Gamer Podcast. I'm your host this week, David Lozada. I'm joined with Tim Ronan. What's up, Tim? Hey, David. Not much. I'm not much here either. And Sean Raybine. How you doing, Sean? Doing pretty good. How you doing, David? I'm doing all right now that I'm here talking to you guys. So Aww. we have <laughs> – I'm being very cutesy. So if, if in case you didn't notice, we've rebranded the KeenCast. So now we're the Keen Gamer Podcast just so that we could adhere more closely to our own website and that you know yes. definitively that we are all about Keen Gamer, all about that Keen goodness. Well, we're 21 now, so we're entering a new stage of our lives. Exactly. So Let's let's try something new. We we're out of college now. We've had some new experiences. We experimented around a bit, and now we're known as the King Gamer Podcast. That's right. So That's there can why. be no doubt what we're about. We we found our true identity, and we're not going mm-hmm. to, to change anymore. So this it's week, not a phase, mom and dad. <laughs> not a phase. Definitely not a phase. This week we're going to talk about live service games. Do we really own them? I don't think we do. And but before we get into that, we're going to talk about ancestors. How they have accused some some reviewers in the industry of being unfair and write games. Their lawsuit, Resident Evil Three. That's exciting. I know I'm a big Resident Evil fan. I think Sean, you're a big Resident Evil fan too, right? No, 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 really. <laughs> um, when Resident Evil came out, like I didn't really own a PlayStation, so it didn't really ingrain itself into me when I was around that age. Oh wow. Um, and as far as I knew, it has a horror setting, but it's not a horror game. It's more of an But there's action. zombies. There it's are very zombies. Very scary. But yeah. I can't remember <laughs> if I made an article about this, but talking about the intent behind the experience is what determines the genre. Not just like, oh, there's zombies. Oh, it's a horror. No. Huh. If the zombies are kissing each other, then it's a romance. There actually was a movie about that, right? Uh, vampire. There was a movie about vampires, uh, not vampires, up uh, zombies like falling in love and stuff. Yeah, remember cold that movie? Bodies yeah, holy bodies. crap! You you remember you? Wow, you remember the name? Wow, wow! I wish I didn't. Well, it was warm. <laughs> it was warm yeah. bodies. Okay. Oh, was it warm bodies? Okay. Oh, okay. Well, Tim, Where zombieism I, is cured I, by love. I was surprised you guys know the name of this movie. Like, I, I, I was just, it's a like a very faint inkling in my mind, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that existed. Never, wow. Yeah, I never saw it, but <laughs> I remember it. It's bad. Me neither. It's bad. The guy's <laughs> a zombie throughout the movie, and then like, you know, they're falling in love, and she gives, she kisses him finally. And he becomes alive again. It's like, oh. are we just going to ignore all the the rotting his body did? He just needed love. Yeah. That's all they want. They just needed love. And oh, so boy. they go around expressing love to zombies. <laughs> just kissing zombies. Ew. They start kissing zombies. <laughs> oh my Have you guys God. ever seen uh, Bob's Burgers? One of the characters has like a zombie fetish and she just thinks about hugging zombies all the time. Ew. So it's basically that. Ew. Yeah. Well, let's move That's away from this. vampires typically. Uh, let's just move away from the kissing zombies and corpses uh tim what have you been playing what have you been watching this week please don't tell me zombies or kissing zombies or i have been kissing zombies all week uh <laughs> no <laughs> um, but I, good <laughs> normally i i mean it's been it's been two weeks since we did a show right 
Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, so I've, I've actually played quite a lot. Um, nice. Let's see. Got a little list here. Um, oh, boy. He made a list. Well, I, um, I actually managed to try out the, I think it's still fairly new, the Steam like remote play thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, me and a friend tried out, tried, tried that out. Um, so we played Enter the Gungeon, which oh. I love. And it seemed like, it, I mean, I didn't have any problems since I was I was hosting that particular game. Mm. But I think somewhat frequently he was getting like, like he would he just couldn't move at all because like the connection would like halt for a second or two. Um, and then we flipped, and then he was hosting, uh, and then we we switched to playing. Uh, a game called Risk of Rain, which I hadn't played for like five years. Hmm. Um, and it, so basically, it's a game where like it's a it's a roguelite, roguelike, whatever you want to call it. And there's like different stages, and in each stage, there's a teleporter that you have to activate. Uh, but when you do that, that starts like summoning enemies and like a big like boss creature they have to fight and kill um and there's also like this sort of meter on the upper right and the longer you play the further that meter goes up and that increases the difficulty over time Mm. so basically the idea is you can grind stuff out you can get gold and xp for pretty much as long as you want and there's like there's different pieces of gear you can like buy and find on each stage but the longer you sort of hang around the more difficult the game gets which isn't you know it's not going to be very useful um in later levels so it you know it's more it can be more beneficial to like kind of keep moving along as much as you can but basically i played this game like five years ago and it's like it's it's pretty it's pretty hard and i got like a really bad a really bad role for the for the first boss because they're never the same or well they're not guaranteed to be the same they're random so basically i got a bad boss and it kind of turned me off of it but uh, we, we played it a couple weeks back now um and i actually had a much better time with it so that was, that was actually quite fun but getting back to the remote play thing i did have th- there were like i don't know maybe every 30 seconds i was getting like a connection drop or something mm. and in a game like that that is pretty hard it was it was kind of annoying it wasn't quite enough to be like to make me want to turn it off necessarily but it definitely got in the way a little bit but yeah so I can imagine i mean i'm happy the feature's there because i mean i can you can now play like stuff that's normally only local co-op online Which there is that's, a, a that's really lot nice. of games that do that no, many games no, I have guess an not. online uh, co-op, but I guess I don't, I don't know the logistics, but I imagine making an online co-op is harder than just local co-op. So I guess some indie studios are like, well, we're going to opt for just local for right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. But I'm glad that option's there now, especially since I, I mean I, I like Enter the Gungeon, but I've I've known to play it with. <laughs> it's hard to get people over, so it's nice being able to have that option. Um, but 
you know, and I don't even know, if, I don't know if it was down to like my connection or his or the service or something, but um, maybe we'll see that improve in the future. And hey, that's, uh, that's another thing that the Epic Store doesn't have, so. Yeah. There you go, Steam. Um, let's see. I've also been playing, I, it's a game that I always come back to. It's Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. Love it so much. And there's this, I keep wanting to do this run that's like luck based. And I mm-hmm. keep like having this notion of wanting to do that, but I'll like start doing that. And then like, I don't know, stuff gets in the way or I'll, I'll forget about it or just get too busy. But I finally managed to get around to starting it and sticking with it. So basically my, my build is just full luck and that determines um, how often you get like critical hits. Mm-hmm. And then I've specced a bunch into different skills and perks that like increase, uh, further increase the chances of landing critical hits and increasing damage and stuff like that. Um, and also anything rolling around sneaking. It's a domino it's, run. It's pretty right? fun. What's that? It's a domino run. Domino is the... I um, am not familiar with that term. She's a Marvel mutant, and her power is that she has super luck. So anything ah. that can go right for her goes right, and she is super lucky. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but I think one of the silliest parts of this particular thing I'm going for is that uh, New Vegas features casinos. Yeah. And at the casinos, you can play blackjack, uh, roulette, and the slots. And when you sit down to play any of these, your uh, your um, the amount that you have in your luck skill mm-hmm. determines how likely you are to win. So basically, I went in with like like a hundred caps which is the game's currency. Mm-hmm. And I bought, I think, 20 caps worth of, like, uh, poker chips. Sat down to play blackjack. And then, like, 10 minutes later, I had, like, 8,000 caps. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and the, the game has a system where, like, if you if you earn too much money at, at these casinos, they will literally kick you out and you can't play their games anymore. Mm, yeah. And so then I proceeded to go to all the different casinos <laughs> and take all their money for like 30,000 caps. Nice. So it's um it's it's kind of it's kind of a little broken. You're not you're not really supposed to have that much money at, at the beginning. No. But I I I but, I think that's great. I mean, that's <laughs> one of the hallmarks of a good RPG is allowing you to play a non-traditional build and progress things in a unique way. And yours is luck. You're not the strongest or the fastest or the smartest, but you're super lucky. And that's that's fun. It's an interesting way to go about things. Yeah. No, yeah, that's that's true. But, um, so, so basically it put me in a position where, like, I could buy, like, anything I wanted to. Um, and in, in the end, I actually elected to, like, there's these special like sort of implants you can get that are like thousands and thousands of caps, which you wouldn't really be able to get 
mm-hmm. uh, at the point that I was at in the game, which was like level five or something. Um, and these increase your different special stats by one. And then there's one that increases your uh, toughness. And then one that gives you like some mild health regen. So I, I bought some of those. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's that's been that's been pretty fun. I'm glad I finally got around to that. Uh, another game I played, another one of my it's probably one of my favorites of all time, is actually Halo Reach. It finally that's came nice. out for PC. That's right. Yeah, I'm a little curious yeah, about how Halo. that how that plays because I don't. I think I might have played it, but it was like while I was on my way out of the Halo fandom. Um, oh, okay. So I don't think I played a lot of it. So I'm curious to see to hear. How is it? Yeah, I this was like it came out uh, actually like nine years ago now, a little bit more than that. And th- this was my game for like half a year. I mm-hmm. think I remember playing like just this and nothing else. This is it's definitely like my favorite Halo game. I I got a hot take. <laughs> it's a little spicy. Let's okay. hear it. Master Chief is overrated. Oh wow, serving up that hot take. That's right. Ooh. Halo Reach is better. I mean, I I enjoy the other, you know, the the, the other ones. <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> the, you know, the mainline no. series. But who plays those? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I played a ton of Halo Three as well, and I and I lo- and I I did love it. But I don't know why. I just I just really liked Halo Reach in particular. Um, but it. it crud ton of the multiplayer and even even the campaign i i played over a couple times and i just it just really gelled with me for some reason um but yeah i i knew it was i knew this was coming out i kind of forgot about it and then i um i caught a, a stream of someone who's playing it and i was like oh man that oh and it just came out today isn't that the best uh, wasn't, that happens yeah and i wasn't necessarily planning to get it like right away but then i was i was seeing it and watching it and i just i had to so mm-hmm. it's it's actually it's only 10 bucks like you can just buy that on its own you don't even can need you? the Cause like, rest of it when i looked at no, the you page can. it was like i know you need it looks like the halo collection you don't to play this you don't you don't okay no because i didn't have the the collection and i just i just bought reach okay. so you can actually do that it is misleading it's very misleading because i was like why it literally says you can't play this without. If this is part of the a game. Halo collection and I need the Halo collection to play it, why do I have an option to buy it separately? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know why. I guess it's just that's just the system of Steam. There's no like situation where that normally happens. So yeah, that's just I guess the way they handled it. When you upload, it's like if you categorize it as DLC, you have to include the game that is DLC for, and so the people might be like, well. It's DLC for the Master Chief Collection? I don't know. Yeah. Alright, well that's a Yeah. But no, you, you definitely 100% can buy it on its own. Okay. And for for 10 bucks, that, that's pretty good. I for was a expecting it. game, yeah. Yeah. I thought it'd be like 20 or 30 at least, but that that's a pretty good steal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I got it. And I, I, I wanted, it's kind of dumb, but I wanted to be able to play it like the first day it was out because it's just, it's one of my favorite games. Of course, yeah. So I kind of, you know, I don't normally do that type of thing, but I made an exception. But I jumped into a game and I quickly realized that, wow, this is weird playing 
on keyboard and mouse. Oh, really? Oh, it yeah. It was very, very strange. <laughs> I don't, I mean... Playing an FPS in general on keyboard and mouse, or Halo on a keyboard and mouse? More just Halo, because, okay. I mean, I've, you know, I, I mean, I've played New Vegas, and I've played other FPSs and stuff. Um, but even, like, I don't I, I might have to, like, change my settings around, like, with mouse sensitivity on it, but it just, it felt... I felt like I didn't have much control for some reason. And I played a little bit more today and the same thing was happening. Mm. So I, I don't know. And, and like the way, like, like I was sprinting around and stuff and it, it just, uh, it just, just felt weird for some reason. So I don't know. It's something to get used to, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like maybe, uh, a lot of people are trying to get used to it as well. Um, like, I, like, it seemed like other people were having trouble as well with the adjustment. I mean, at least for Reach, I guess. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to playing through it some more and reliving that basically. Um. Uh, I've also played a little bit of Pokemon Emerald. Oh, nice! Pick that Pokemon up again. Emerald. Yes. It's probably my favorite of the one of my favorites of um, um, of all of them. Probably uh, the main reason I've been playing it is because I've been trying to get a shiny Rayquaza. Good luck. So yes, <laughs> um, but apart from doing that, I, I was also like. Um, you know, like training up some of my other Pokemon. Got myself a, a Metagross. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I like him. Um, but yeah, I. it's easy to forget how mind-numbing shiny hunting can be. <laughs> I've never even tried. I've never caught a, a shiny that wasn't given to me, like Red Gyarados or an event yeah, Pokemon. Yeah. I've never tried a shiny hunt. I've never found one in the wild maybe i have and i just didn't know i did and i ended up killing it yeah but i've never because like the numbers are so insane it's like one in eight thousand but i think it's i used to remember this by heart i think it's one that it's one in eight thousand one hundred thirty two yeah it's something like wow. that and you can like increase your odds dramatically by doing certain things but you're still working in yeah like a half of a half a percent but hasn't it changed actually, with I, every new generation isn't it becoming it's become easier it's and become easier. more common yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't like it's, that i actually hate I know that yeah pokemon let's go pikachu and eevee you could actually because like the pokemon that you can catch in a while appear in the overworld like it's not a random encounter and you could see yeah. if a pokemon was shiny as it's walking around that's something they didn't do in, in sword and shield and a lot of people were upset about that but Sword and Shield also added different kinds of shinies. Really? And so it's just increased the hunt exponentially. It's insane. Really? They're different? Because now... I didn't know that. Different have... kinds of shinies? Well, they're all the same color shiny. But wow. when the Pokemon comes out, little, like, sparks come off. Oh, the markings. So, like, shiny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But the common one has, like, the regular sparks and the special ones have stars or squares or something. Yeah. Like that. Wait, 
there's different levels of shinies now. There's different levels of shinies. It's it, it, it's no. I, I think I think it, you're talking about the markings because like now the Pokemon have markings. So even if they're not shinies, like you could that you could find a Pokemon in the wild, and I I may be wrong. So correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I saw like there's a report on this. Like even if you find like a common, just a regular non-shiny Pokemon, and and um, it has like once you capture it, you can look at the marking section, and it has like a star marking or a dash marking or whatever. And it, it when you throw it out, like even it could have like the special stars when it comes out of the Pokeball or like the sparks or whatever. So like it doesn't even matter if it's a shiny or not. Um, I'm not sure that might be the case. I, I again, I don't focus a lot. I, I know you can I mark vaguely, Pokemon. Yeah, I, I vaguely like remember this categorization. Yeah, I vaguely remember this, but I think they've had that feature for a while. I, I, it's not. It hasn't been a big deal, you know. Like it hasn't really been a big deal before this generation. That that's for sure. But I, I think I remember. I'm maybe not GBA, but on the 3DS days, I remember them having markings. Like just you capture them, and then it has like a marking. I know, like in the GBA days, like we had, you could put the markings on them. But I think when you captured them in, in the 3DS days, the generations, like, it had markings already. And then depending, it had that kind of, like, uh, system where you would throw it out and you'd see, like, stars come up. And you'd be like, oh, so the star icon means this. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it, it doesn't ring a bell, doesn't really doubt it. doesn't really, you know, I don't, I don't really understand what the big deal is, <laughs> to be it's honest. It's just, you know... A lot of people are like, oh, okay, well, I learned how to catch Pokemon, but now I'm kind of bored of it. Now I have shinies that I can catch. That's even rarer. Now uh. I have shinies with... I mean, to find the perfect Pokemon, you have to consider it has to be shiny. Mm-hmm. It has to have perfect IVs. It has to have uh, the perfect nature. Yeah. It has to have Pokerus. It's just like... It's too much. And I can understand why people hack Pokemon. I mean, when I when I go to like when I look at like live streams, like I've I've done this like once or twice where I've seen like the official tournaments, like the Pokemon tournaments, and like Mm -hmm. these dudes are throwing out like one shiny after the other, and I'm like, how? Like, how do you? How? Like, how? Like, you'd have to be playing Pokemon like twenty four seven, dude, in order to get a Pokemon tournament. So, I mean, you yeah, but like. Like I don't even know how that's logistically possible. Like to get a Pokemon that ha- that is shiny, that has the perfect IVs, that you know has the perfect nature, that has all of the blah 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 blah. You know, the it's like like I don't even know. Like, jeez, dude! Like, <laughs> yeah. like, wow! It's an exhaustive process. Yeah, yeah, and kind of like you were saying, there there are easier ways to get them these days. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, yeah. like if you. If you breed a shiny Pokemon, there's like increased chances that the egg you receive will hatch into a into a shiny. Oh, with yeah. the with the nature so with the nature or the IVs that you want it to have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm not an expert on that, but that that might factor in uh, somehow. I don't know. I don't know. It, comp- Pokemon's more complicated than it appears on the surface. I mean, Pokemon. It, it seems like Pokemon is more complicated than real life biology in some aspects. <laughs> like, like Jesus. Like, or at least it mimic it. It mimics real life bio- biology very well, <laughs> in the yeah. sense of like 
you know, figuring out the mutations that this Pokemon will have and the and the traits, the traits and, and yeah, 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 like figuring out like okay, if I intermingle this gene pool with this gene pool, what will I have? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what will this yeah. species have? You know, I feel like it, that's that's the level of Pokemon that we're kind of uh, uh, you know dealing with now. But who am I to judge? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tim, you're hunting down a shiny. Yeah, sorry, Pokemon. sorry. That's Tim. one of the shinies. <laughs> I do yeah. That's a cool looking shiny. It is. Yeah. It's also one of. Uh, if if it's not my favorite, it's one of my favorite legendaries. So that's why that's why I want it. Yeah. There's there's some people, and I've I should probably consider doing this, but there's some people who like, um, they'll set up like four different systems and then <laughs> just plan all of them simultaneously. <laughs> And yeah. um, mm-hmm. so the way that you know it's it's a time-consuming process, and so the way people do this is they'll have these four systems, and then there's something you can do with these games that's called a, a soft reset. So you press yeah. like, a certain combo of buttons, and it will automatically restart the game for you instead of you having to press the power button and then like press it again. Mm-hmm. It's like a faster way of just resetting, um, and that that resets the like you have another chance to get the shiny because when you uh when you enter the battle you'll see whether it's shiny or not and then that that's it for that particular like playthrough yeah but if you reset it you can try your luck again basically mm-hmm. so yeah hmm. it's some i mean some people take like months <laughs> to get what they want e- <laughs> even with like a like a multi-system setup so yeah i'm not really sure i have great chances but Learn to multitask. Oh. That's what you yeah. got to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, watch a podcast. Well, watch watch the podcast. There you uh, go. Listen to a podcast like this one, or a TV show, or whatever. But our yeah, podcast. Now, uh, there's no been no scientific studies for this, but it has been shown anecdotally <laughs> that listening to our podcast does increase your chance of finding a shiny. So, King Gamer Podcast. Tell your friends. That's it. Tell your friends. Yeah. Tell your yep. wife. Tell everyone you know. <laughs> there is. The results are in, folks. <laughs> Come on now. Um, yeah, so that'll that'll probably be my my thing for the next like twenty years. Just trying yeah. to find this stupid shiny. But oh well. Um, do you guys want to hear what I've watched? I've kind of gone on for much longer than I've ever gone on for. But sure. If you guys want to? I love hearing imagine. your voice, Tim. Please, <laughs> please, serenade me some more. It's one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue to serenade us with your yes. majestic voice. Okay. Your dulcet tones. Um, <clears throat> so dulcet. Um, let's see. I've watched... I've been watching... Um, there's these YouTubers who do a December charity sort of thing all month. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Yogscast. They do a an event called the Jingle Jam. Uh, so basically they just... They do live streams on Twitch... Um, and every day they have like games they play or like they'll do D and D or do different sketches or, or something like that. Uh, they raise money for different charities, which varies between each year. Uh, so far, so far they've raised just about $2 million in like about a week. Nice. That's That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. They do it every year, raise tons of money. It's pretty cool. They like have a special, like humble bundle page, 
where you can you can spend like thirty dollars or so and get like I don't know forty fifty games or something like that. So it's pretty cool. Um, and uh, the other day I actually just watched uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Nice. I, I think it might have been the first time I've seen it. Um, it's okay. It's not the best. It's an one. okay movie. Yeah. It's not the worst. But it's <laughs> not the best. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm glad you said that because I because after watching it, I kind of sat back and was like, you know, I mean, it wasn't bad. I, I didn't. I I had an enjoyable time watching it, but it was just weird. There were a lot of weird things that didn't really make sense, and like. There wasn't, I don't know, they, they just kind of sat around the same couple areas for like an hour <laughs> and not much happened, it felt like. Is that is that wrong? I what? haven't seen it in a while. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, I don't I remember. I imagine you're not wrong. Okay. And it, at least like, especially in comparison to like the first one, it was like, it, it's just not, it's just not the same. <laughs> It was a movie made for money, not really for it. artistic intent. Yeah, and the I I can't recall the the lead female's name, but she was kind of annoying, like the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I it just I, I I don't I just blah. <laughs> and then I you know I was curious, so I I went online to see what other people were thinking about it. Um. And I, I stumble upon uh, Roger Ebert's uh, uh, review of it. He gave it four out of four, top marks. Huh. Roger Ebert is like, weird. What? Sometimes he has good <laughs> taste in movies, and sometimes it's like he just missed the mark. He just didn't get a lot of the time. He did. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, especially horror movies. He, he really didn't like horror movies, which. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I was just like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, I, I will respectfully disagree with with you on that. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that's you know, it's whatever. Mm. It was okay. Uh, and I guess last thing I'll I'll mention, I I saw I saw the saw the latest, the latest and greatest, uh, YouTube, 2019 top ten. Or, sorry, YouTube Rewind. Oh. I think I made it into like... Totally, totally not a top 10, even though it's definitely just a bunch of top 10s. I made it 30 seconds in before I'm like, I'm out. No. I'm done. <laughs> I didn't even see it. I don't. Yeah. I didn't even bother. <laughs> you didn't see it? No. 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 Well, you know, of course, it was, it was curious because the last one was so... Right. And it's Bad. Yeah. It's the most um, downvoted video on YouTube. Yeah. 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 So... I was I was like you know maybe they they learned they learned their lesson and made something people would like but nope um, they they did not they <laughs> basically it was like so, you, so it, is it PewDiePie like, going to come out with another one is he going to come out with a YouTube rewind fix because you know last year it uh, was like universally hated and then did you see like the one that he made I didn't see that one though. No. No, he like he made one like a month after, and he was like, "I'm gonna do like the real YouTube rewind," and like he put like all the memes, mm-hmm. you know, like somebody touching my spaghetti. Remember that one? 
Um, yes. And yeah, he put like he put like all of those in there, and it was actually really good. Um, yeah, I think Ugandan Knuckles. Remember? Oh God, that, that feels like so long ago. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know the way? Yeah, but anyway, but anyway, you're, you're saying uh, it's bad. The the current one. Yeah. No, it's 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 pretty bad. I mean, I think it's terrible. I think yeah. a big problem people had with last series was just that like it didn't really showcase the the true i guess like the the heart and soul of like what makes youtube youtube yeah i guess well someone um, yeah recently put out a infographic showing you know the top i think it was the top 100 most subscribed channels on youtube in 2010 and it showed like 80 percent of them were content creators i.e you know, self-employed people kind of just make whatever they want. They're not like, it's not like a, a late night show talk host. It, right. It's not, you know, movie trailers or anything like that. It's just people. And by 2019, 20% of the most subscribed are oh, wow. content creators. So yeah, there's been a big shift towards a more corporate presence on YouTube. And I think it's been, it's been felt. And people are like, mm. yeah. You know, people have been saying like, you know, they want to quit YouTube for years, but it's the problem is like there, there's no better alternative or even an equal alternative yet. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and you know, going along with that, like people people didn't really like the whole like corporate or Hollywood thing going on with last year's Rewind, mm-hmm. uh, and they basically did that again. They oh, showcased a bunch of like. You know, they showcased a bunch of, like, music stuff and people who are not, like, you know, these inspired, like, passionate creatives that, you know, yeah. people feel is what is what YouTube is supposed to be all about. Mm-hmm. So, and then, worse, they were kind of lazy and just made, like, a couple top ten lists. So. Wow. Oh, I I did see one comment that was like, "Is this Watch Mojo?" Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I saw did that. Watch Mojo, <laughs> uh, like create this with you, or did you ask Watch Mojo to collaborate with you? <laughs> yeah, I did see that comment. I, 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 yeah, I just kind of like I saw it, and like they were advertising it on the homepage sometime this past week, and I was like, ah, yeah, I'll watch it eventually one day, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> and and then I just kind of forgot about it. So. Uh, I feel like people just weren't expecting a lot, and then, you know, uh, they had they kind of had uh, tempered expectations, and uh, they they got what they expected to get <laughs> the same shit from last year, yep. more or less. Yeah, uh, it's kind of bad. <clears throat> it's kind of bad because like I'll, I'll just say one last thing. Um, at the beginning, at the beginning of the video, they were like, "You didn't you didn't like last year's. You disliked it." So this year we're gonna show you stuff you did like, and then they, and then they make a video that no one liked. Exactly. <laughs> and Will Smith is like, "That's hot. That's hot." <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> All right. Oh boy. All right, Sean, it's your turn. What have you been playing? What have you been watching these past two weeks? Uh, a lot of stuff, but I'll I'll try to keep it. Like I I wrote some notes so I could keep things. Nice and concise and not ramble on. You guys coming out with the notes. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're getting professional. I have, like, one thing. 
I know. I have like one thing on my list. <laughs> like, I'm just uh, like, all right. <laughs> all right. So I got like nothing. Okay. <laughs> As for movies, I went to uh, a theater screening of Never Surrender. Uh, have you guys seen or at least heard of the movie Galaxy Quest? Yes. No. Okay, good. I've seen it. Oh, David? Okay. No. I don't even know oh, what that is. Gee, David. Come on. God. David. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? Okay. I've never heard of this. So for David and for those of you out there who have not lived, Galaxy Quest is basically, on the surface, it's a parody of Star Trek, but it's also a parody and a love letter to fandoms in general. And it stars Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, Tony Shalhoub, Sam Rockwell, um, uh, the guy who plays Dwight is in there briefly. There's a ton of just great comedic talent in here. And it is so masterfully done. And so you need to check it out. At least check out some clips on YouTube. I know they're out there. They're, it's a, and I'll say it's a perfect movie, and I will back this up. At the start of this, so the documentary I saw, Never Surrender, was about Galaxy Quest. And at the start of the documentary, it, it says, David Mamet, who is a famous playwright, wrote a book about movies and said there are only four perfect movies. The Godfather, In the Sun, uh, Dogsmith or something like that, and Galaxy Quest. So, uh, wow. this was made by screen junkies. And I didn't recognize what that was. And then they said... You probably know us best as those people on YouTube who make the Honest Trailer videos. And I'm like, oh, those are the videos YouTube keeps recommending and I keep ignoring. And so they said they made an Honest Trailer for Galaxy Quest. And they played it at the start of the movie. And I feel validated in ignoring their videos. I didn't think it was funny at all. But the documentary itself... It was fine. It's basically every Hollywood documentary you've ever seen, which is movies are so hard to make. This went wrong. This went right. Studios butt heads with creative types. This actor has sadly died, but they were a paragon of virtue and the nicest person in the world, and there was no bad qualities to them. They're the greatest gift to humanity since domesticated wolves. They're the best. It's, it's yeah. all that, but about Galaxy Quest. Um, five minutes into the movie, I thought, I'd rather just be watching Galaxy Quest right now. I would love for that to yeah. be out in a the movie theater and just watch it with all these clear fans who are in, there, in the theater with me. And the, the documentary didn't play a lot of clips from the movie, sadly. But every time they did, everyone in the audience knew the line and could repeat it verbatim. No problem. It was great. Wow. Nice. Um, so... If you're a big fan of Galaxy Quest, maybe check it out. I don't know if where it's available. You know, I watched it in a movie theater, but it was like a special release thing, like one night only type of deal. Um, but if you haven't seen Galaxy Quest, definitely watch that. That's one of the funniest movies. It's amazing. Uh, Alan Rickman playing a Shakespearean thespian who has been trapped into this role of a weird alien on the Star Trek-like show, and he can't get work in anything else, and he's just always known for this one role, and he hates it, 
and he hates repeating the lines from the show, and he just beautiful dry wit. Tony Shalhoub being this amazing visual actor. Everyone else is freaking out, and she's like, oh, that's a hell of a thing. It's just the best. Hmm. Um, so I also watched a movie on Netflix called Eli. Anybody uh, of Eli? Yeah, I've, I've seen it, actually. The Book of Eli? or No, it's just called Eli. Oh, no. No. Uh, it's a horror movie. It, surprise, surprise. Uh, there's this kid who's been diagnosed with a condition where he's basically allergic to the air. So he has to live inside of a hazmat suit when he's outside of his, like, plastic bubble in his room. Rip. And his parents have taken him to this uh, remote facility to go through this uh, radical new procedure that promises to cure him. And it's a very scary procedure. Like, there, there's brain surgery involved. There's uh, inc- uh, incisions and spinal fluids and all that stuff. But between the operations, the kids start seeing ghosts everywhere. And, of course, no one believes him. Uh, the movie has a lot of cool scares and tricks. They, they do a lot of neat stuff, but they're too eager to show it off. It's just one thing after the other, and there's no time given to build up some tension and some terror. It's just like, here's this cool thing, here's this cool thing. It's like, you, you made some cool things, but you got to know how to space them out. So... I would, you know, it, it could, you might find it to be a scary movie. I thought it was an interesting movie. Uh, it had some interesting uh, revelations and whatnot, but. But it's yeah, not scary it enough sense. for Sean, right? It's not scary enough for me, no. There you but go. it might be scary enough for everyone else. Yeah. I've seen too many horror movies. I, again, I saw my first horror movie when I was three years old, and I've just been watching them ever since. So, uh. I also found out that, this is kind of a side note, Netflix doesn't play in 1080p on any web browser except from Microsoft Edge. Is that for real? Really? I, well, okay. Yeah. And that's been going on for a while. Like, I usually don't watch Netflix on my computer, but... Oh, it's a superior browser. It, <laughs> <laughs> there, there used to be workarounds and, like, uh, Chrome and Firefox plugins, but, like, Netflix took them down. And so I'm not sure why this exists. Like... Because it can be played in ten, like the browsers have the capability to play in 1080p, but they just don't allow it. So yeah, I had to go some on like Microsoft of, Edge to watch this movie in 1080p. They got because, some kind of like exclusivity deal with Edge, probably. Maybe I don't. It's it's get weird. the extra Edge <laughs> oh, with geez. your Netflix streaming. Exactly. Oh, so if you're edge. if you're paying for high definition <laughs> Netflix and you watch Netflix primarily on a computer, you got to switch over to Edge to get that value out. Um, the uh, only other movie I saw was a thing called Terrifier it's your basic kind of hack and slash scary clown horror movie Um, it's pretty intense and pretty ridiculous so I enjoyed it again not scary but I just enjoy it it's stupid but it's fun Uh, as for what I played um, so I started playing and streaming Disco Elysium. Oh, uh, you said you wanted to do guys. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I wanted to play that. I wasn't sure if I was going to play it before our top games of the year kind of deal, but I, I you know, it was on sale for like thirty bucks down from forty. It's not a huge dip, but my friend, who generally doesn't have a strong love of different video games, like he'll just enjoy them from here and there, 
played it and just he loves it so much. He he wouldn't stop talking about it. He played it a second campaign right after the first. He just loved it. So I felt inclined to play it. Uh, you play an alcoholic detective who is sent to a small port town, embroiled in a labor union dispute, dispute to investigate a murder. And it's an RPG. It is uh, conversation focused. I haven't found any real combat. The only combat is like you choose to fight somebody through a conversation, and whether or not you beat them is determined by dice rolls, which are affected by your skills. So if you don't have a lot of points in physicality, you're probably going to lose that fight. Uh, there are a lot of different skills. They're all pretty interesting. And they all have values in different conversations. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, a great RPG is one that we can play in as many different ways as you want. And I think Disco Elysium offers that a lot. It's not an open world game. It, it's pretty linear, but... It has some really great writing, really funny stuff. I mean, you wake up having a argument with your ancient lizard brain and your limbic system, and they both have different voices, and they're arguing with each other and arguing with you, and it's just, that's what the character does. He just has arguments with his different bodily functions in his head before something happens. Huh. That's an interesting concept, yeah. It's a very interesting game. Um... It has amazing writing art direction. Um, and it's always nice to see an RPG that's outside of the usual, you know, elves and magic. And this one's about detectives and arguments about communism. <laughs> the sound is awful. Mm. Uh, most of the sound is pretty benign. But every so often, you'll do something like open up a dumpster or turn on a radiator or something like that. And it will be the loudest goddamn thing in your life. Do not play this game with headphones because this game has blasted out my eardrums several times. Because it's not and not everything makes these noises, but every so often they just like blast you. And it's so horrible. I hate it. Uh, and the voice acting is varies between fine to laughable. Uh, mm. I think this is the first game the studio has made, and they've done an amazing job. It's not a perfect game, but for what it tries to accomplish, I think it's doing well. I haven't finished it yet, though. So, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know when I beat it. Nice. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk real briefly about Destiny 2. I didn't play a lot of it over the last two weeks, but they did announce the newest season for Destiny 2. The Season of the Dawn. And people are pissed. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, in October, they released the newest expansion pack, Shadowkeep. And along with it was the newest season... Season of the Undying. And so there was a lot of content between the two of them, and people didn't really parse out what was seasonal content and what was expansion pack content. And after seeing what's coming in Season of the Dawn, people were like, that's very nothing. That's almost nothing they're giving us. And they looked back at Season of the Undying and said, you know, kind of separated from Shadowkeep and said, wow, there wasn't really anything to do in Shadowkeep either. I mean, a season of the Undying, either. So, going into this season, which will come out this Tuesday, it'll be interesting to see how people... Because, again, they had a season they could, like, jump back and forth between Shadowkeep content and Undying content. 
But when they play the Dawn, they've already played all that Shadowkeep content, so now all they have is the seasonal content, which will be next to nothing. So Bungie, I don't know. People were excited by the trailer because it seemed promising. But then they had a, a live stream show, showing off the different uh, content. And people were like, oh, that's nothing. Okay. <laughs> so, and of course it'll be interesting to see if they affect the Eververse at all. If they make that better. They won't. But it'll be interesting to see if they do. But they won't. <laughs> uh, and of course I continue to play Pokemon Sword. I finished that. Um Nice. It is very clear in that game where they started to run out of money. Because you'll sometimes you'll do a gym and it's like this big sprawling thing, it's a big puzzle where you have to use a uh metal detector to find your way around this big sand sandy area to avoid the pitfalls. And then you'll do a gym where it's just walking left to right. Fight a trainer, walk a bit more, fight a trainer, walk a bit more, fight the gym leader. You're done. And it's like, uh, what? And the, the the sad thing is, that gym takes place within an entire town. It's just been closed off from the rest of the world. And it would have been great to have a gym that's just sprawling through alleyways, finding different trainers jumping out at you. That would have been great. And the last gym, the last gym, this is the ultimate gym. You go back to a city you've already been to, and you go into one room, one room, and you fight two trainers and then the gym leader. That's ridiculous. They ran out of money. They simply just ran out of money there. Um, there's no Elite Four. There. Oh, wait, really? You do fight wait, what? trainers up to the champion, but those trainers are just gym leaders. And so, wait, really? Yeah, so you know, in other so games, you're, you're just you fighting the gym, leaders, the gym leaders. Elite Four, which were their own characters. You're just fighting the gym leaders all over again. Yeah, you just fight the gym leaders. Not all of them. You still fight uh, three or four of them. I actually don't know. I think it's three because they do it in sort of a semifinals, finals, ultimate kind of situation, rather than Elite oh, that Four. That sucks. And it's just like, wow, you guys ran out of money, huh? It. Damn. And. The champion, though, was incredibly hard. Um, I won't really? give away how, how, how things worked out, but because of the way the story worked out, you, you do the, the fights for the, the league championship, and then before you fight the champion, you have to leave, and then when you come back, you can fight the champion. So I had the benefit of fighting him, losing hard, and having to go back out and having to like train my my Pokemon up more and reevaluate my team because he crushed me. Absolutely, every Pokemon he wow. had, I might have like one that was like the type uh, strength. Like he would have like a Ghost type. It's like okay, I'll have you know a Psychic type ready to go, and that's that Ghost type would have, you know, some move that would counter my Psychic type. Uh, he just had an answer for everything so I got through it with the skin of my teeth managed to beat him great fight you don't get to fight him again you fight him once he's no longer champion he'll still wear his stupid cape all around but he's no longer champion but like in the past games you could go back and you could you know fight the elite four and then the champion and a little bit earlier uh, 
more recent games, you would fight the Elite Four, and it would still say you're the champion, so instead of fighting the champion, you'd fought some pretender to the throne, someone who came to fight the champion, and you'd have to beat them. But here, you can, you can go to the league again, and you can fight a randomized list of gym trainers, but you don't fight the champion. And it's like, wow, what a what a bummer. Huh. That Does is. it treat you as a champion? Or I guess not really? Kind of like they're like the nurse Joy, she'll call you the champ. She'll have to say, Hey champ. Uh and like the the Pokemart people will say call you the champion, but no one else can kind of recognize you as champion. They don't they don't give a shit. Uh hmm. after you beat the game, all the Pokemon in the wild area become level sixty. So if you're worried, like, ah, uh, there's a Pokemon in the wild area I wanted to catch, but, like, I have a level 60 team, and they're, like, they're all level 2, I'm going to kill them accidentally, that won't happen. They're all level 60 now, you can handle it. Um, so I said, with no reservation, that Hop was the worst. And he still is. But he's the worst rival, but he's not the worst character. He kind of redeems himself. In uh, the epilogue story that you play he's kind of redeemed a little bit it's kind of his story and it's interesting um but one thing i noticed like you know hop is all reckless he he acts without thinking he jumps into things and i noticed all of his pokemon or at least some of his pokemon all use moves that hurt themselves when they use it like brave bird and takedown and double edge they're all very reckless hot hard hitting but reckless moves so i'm like oh that's a Great little use of characterization for him. That I like that. Um, he's still lame, but <laughs> he has a chance to redeem his character. He becomes interesting in the post game. Um, but yeah, once you beat the game, most of your time will be spent in the wild area. Um, it's really easy to fill up your decks. Like ninety percent of the Pokemon in the game appear in the wild area. Uh, it's pretty insane. There, there's no Pokemon that exists outside the wild area that you can't also catch in the wild area. So, hmm. the problem with it is that uh, max rate battles are bullshit. So, someone figured out what, what's with the catch rates on max rate battles. So, if you are playing and you don't invite anybody with you, it's a hundred percent catch rate. No matter what you throw at that Pokemon, you're going to catch it. Unless it's an event Pokemon, in which case it's like 15% chance. If you invite other people to your game, your chances go down to whatever the usual percentage to catch is for that Pokemon. Oh. If you are a person who's joining somebody else's game, your chance to catch an event Pokemon is 3%. Just 3%. And it's like, there is no incentive to join someone else's game, to help them. There's none. There, there's no reason for you to do it, unless like you want to catch a version exclusive, in which case, okay, but your chances are like 3%. So, most people won't join your game because like, I'm not going to put the effort in, because I'm not going to catch it. So it's a, so it's a 100% by yourself? It's 100% by yourself. That's the other thing. It's 100% by yourself, but if you invite somebody else, you drop in your your chances. So you also have no incentive right. to invite other people. 
Unless it's an event Pokemon and you're struggling to beat it. So basically just play the game by yourself so, and you have more fun time. Yeah. <laughs> so like, when you say 100%, do you mean like you could throw a Pokeball at any time and get it? Or like is that at a certain Well, you can only interval? catch it after you've defeated it. Once you've done oh. all the damage to it. Like, it, it counts as it being at one health when you try to catch okay. it. But like, you could throw a Pokeball at a... Let's say Dragapult, which is the pseudo legendary of the game, and you'll catch it 100 percent of the time, even though his catch rate is very low. Huh. So that's a way of like catching Pokemon and Pokeballs that don't have a high catch rate, but you kind of want them in that one. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. bad, and the loss of the global trade system is constantly felt. Like ha- not having that sucks so hard. So much that people made a third-party website to facilitate trading with stranger, strangers. <laughs> uh, I think it's called Wulu.farm. And it basically allows you to, like, I'm going to put up this Pokemon for trade, and I want this Pokemon to trade. And if someone agrees, uh, it gives them your link trade code, and you can trade, and you're done. So That's kind of sad. Ugh. That game... I'm getting a lot of hours out of it, but that is a very unfinished game. If they had another year with this, it could have been amazing. Hmm. That's too bad. They needed another year. They absolutely did. Mm. But they didn't have it. I don't know why. They delayed something like Animal Crossing, but I guess they're like, you know what? We need that Pokemon money. Yeah. So put out a Pokemon game. Yeah. Yeah. Big bummer. Well, they'll, they'll fix all the problems in Pokemon bow or pokemon gun or something, i think it's gonna be whatever. something like pokemon scepter or crown or something like that <laughs> it's it's or yeah pokemon gun just bring in the guns yeah but yeah that, that was my my two weeks all right okay well you guys did a lot in these past two weeks i'd say much more than i <laughs> what did you do david what games did you play well surprisingly i played nothing um, I know it's. What? I know it's. It's very hard to believe. That's so unlike I know. you, David. I'm, I know. Are you okay? It's, it's just life, you know. I've been very busy, and uh, I haven't really gone around to 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 play anything. But yesterday, I did uh, actually see a movie that I wanted to see for a while, and that movie is called Joker. I know, Sean, you've Frozen seen it. Frozen 2. Oh, oh I do. I, I kind of do want to see Frozen 2. Frozen 2. Just because I've seen the first Frozen, and I'm like, I wonder how this is. But anyway, I, I uh, yeah, I saw Joker. Did you see Joker, Tim? Or not yet? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, I know, Sean, you've seen it, right? So, yeah, I've seen it. So I saw it with my wife, and at the end of it, we were like, Oh, huh? I just I didn't I don't think we liked it. Like I I am still kind of thinking huh. about it. like I don't I don't know I don't know like it it doesn't really it doesn't really seem like that great I guess like I, I don't know like I I guess I was expecting well, a lot more from it and it, 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 I mean like I like the 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 themes of it being you know the social unrest and uh, discrimination mm-hmm. and all that stuff and I like that. But I don't know. Like I, I just I feel like it's re- it's kind of hokey. Like the movie in general is it. There's a lot of hokey aspects to it, and, and I just didn't sit mm-hmm. well with me. Like the whole 
the Wayne storyline, and I'm like, ugh, like I, I like that one was weird. Like, I don't care, you know. Like I, I just like I, I don't like if if you're gonna do like a, a whole story about social unrest and it's gonna be a commentary on you know society, I would just do one, not the other. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like. I guess what what I'm trying to say is I expected this to be more of its own standalone thing, but what I got was something that was a commentary on social unrest and and discrimination and all that stuff that I mentioned, but also something that did tie into the comic books. And I'm like, I didn't I didn't like the stuff that tied into the comic books because I was like, I don't mm-hmm. care. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't <laughs> like I don't care about Wayne the Waynes. I, I don't care about Gotham. I, I just care. Like it could have been like X Y Z city. It could have been like you know Tallahassee or whatever, and and it would have been you know um, a cool you know like I I would have liked it a lot more if it if it weren't about like Gotham, um, and like it, when I was watching it like the entire time and I kept talk, talking about Gotham, I was like okay, but like Gotham is is like a term for like any city in the world. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and. Yeah. It, it's specifically displayed as uh, New York in the seventies. Yeah, when there was a lot of crime and trash. And so, so like that's that. that's what I kept kind of drawing comparisons to, like, it, like the subway systems. Like there are a lot of scenes in the subway, um, and this the subway, the train is exactly what the trains used to look like when I was growing up. Look, graffiti inside and out, um, a lot of crime, uh, things like that. So, so that's what I was like drawing a comparison to comparison to in my mind and then i was thinking about like detroit um like chicago yeah you know like other places like that and and uh i i just thought like the whole gotham aspect of it was just from the outset i just thought okay this is like an everyman city like this is just a a term for like any city in america um or in the 70s rather Mm. uh but then what i got towards the end was okay this is actually about gotham you know, from the comic books, especially towards the last couple of minutes, it really ties into, you know, the overarching, you know, Wayne yeah. stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't care, you know, and it kind of distracted me from <laughs> the, the, I guess the, uh, the core of the movie, which was much more about, you know, Joker and the social unrest and stuff like that. Um, in terms of, I, I, I like the aspects of, of it, like you couldn't really tell, and I'm hoping I I didn't spoil anything yet, right? Right? No. no. Okay. Like I I, so. I I hope that I, I really liked how the story kind of kept you on the toe on your toes in the sense that you couldn't really tell what was real or make believe. And I could have I could have mm-hmm. I thought that they could have done a better job with that because at one point they kind of they kind of lay it on you and they go they like all right on the nose and they go. Okay, yeah, this is definitely make believe, and they make that, you know, yeah. very clear. And I was like, I would have, I would have preferred if they didn't do that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if they would have kept me guessing, there, there were, there were definitely some uh, scenes where I'm like, that's not real. Come on, exactly. That's not. But happening. then, but then, like, they go overboard, and they're like, okay, yeah, guys, yeah, guys, you're right. Like, it is. It's not real. It's not. And I'm like, okay, yeah. that's great for. Thank you for the confirmation, but I could have. I, I feel like the movie would have been d- better without it. Um, yeah, they d- they didn't need a recap. They didn't, like, here's what wasn't. They real. didn't really need to slap me on the head with it. You know what I'm saying? And then um, the other aspect that I thought I really liked about the movie was how 
again, I'm trying my best not to spoil anything, how they, they juxtapose, 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 yeah, there you go, <laughs> juxtapose, 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 juxtaposition, juxtapose. Oh. I'm going to leave it at that, <laughs> a lot of like cruel, brutal scenes with like really funny scenes, or at least funny scenes mm. that I thought were really funny, and they were like right after the other, and, and, I thought it was really clever the way they did that because it kind of tied into the whole disturbing aspect of the movie. Like, you can't really, like, I don't know. Like, this guy, you know, this isn't really a spoiler. Like, he's, you, you know, he, he's he's a clown, but he's also beat up all the time and he's really suffering, but he'll, he's yeah. always putting on, like, a, a happy face. So it's like this this always this divide between him being happy and him being brutally you know abused so and there's like a happiness and a sadness constantly in his life and uh uh i i i i really liked how the the director kind of put those two elements side by side at some moments and i don't know if you noticed sean but uh those are some things that that i'd noticed in it uh yeah but overall i, I don't think that this is like a masterpiece in any way i don't think that it's uh, I I don't know. Like, it's I, certainly the best DC move they. Oh well, while. yeah, yeah. I, I could I, I, out of all the DC movies I've seen, yeah, because most DC movies suck. Let's be honest. But yeah. but you know, uh, it's certainly the best DC movie. But I don't think it's quite you know as great as I don't know Winter Soldier or, or something of that nature. Like I I just don't. I feel like it's a little murky or mismanaged or like just just it, it's it's sloppy. In it's a lot it's of ways. sloppy. It's yeah, it's, it, that's the right word. I I just don't. It's f- not a tight movie. No, no, not at all. And and I could see Joaquin Phoenix getting an award for his acting and stuff like that um, because he he is a fabulous actor in this movie. Like it's just mm-hmm. when when you compare it to like some of the you know, minor characters in the film, you could see, like, his acting chops versus theirs, and you're like, wow. <laughs> you're like, you oh, could yeah. see the difference, like, he, right there in the scene, you know? Yeah. And it's he just so... Yeah, he steals the show. Um, and I could really see that displayed on screen constantly, and I, and I love that about about him. Um, but there are just so many elements in the movie that just take me out of it. Like, the whole thing about... Yeah. Like, this is not a spoiler. This is in the first five minutes. So if you don't want to hear about what happens in the first five minutes, then, you know, close your ears or whatever. But, like, the whole thing about him, like, his laughing uncontrollably thing, like, him having, like, yeah. some kind of Tourette's-esque yeah. thing. Like, I was like, what? Like, this is, like, really? Like, this is the, the, the excuse that you're going to give him? Like, it just, ugh. That was like that well, was the thing that I was like, oh, this is really hokey, you know. It, like, it makes sense at the end, though. At the end, it makes sense, but it's like, I don't know. Like, it, it's just like you're. I, I had a hard time throughout the movie believing it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I had a hard time just like dealing with it because I was like, right, like because it kept it kept getting in the way, and I was like, ah, oh, like this is like so. I don't. I don't know. Like this is like so annoying. Like I, I don't. I don't know. Like I, I felt like I had to had to deal with it in a way, and it's it not. 
not that I'm like against people with Tourette's or I'm not, you know, I'm not making fun of people with that 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 condition or whatever, or whatever. But it's like they kept hitting me on the nose, on the head with it, and I was like, I get it. Like I, I get it. He, he's he's mentally ill. Like I, you know, I, I didn't, I don't need to be constantly reminded of that aspect or, or I, I don't know. Well, like I said, it makes sense by the end. Uh, I talk about it a bit more. Yeah, uh, I I, you you're, you're going to have to explain or... that to me after we're done recording because I, I don't I'll, I'll I'll send you a DM and uh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't uh, I don't really know what you mean by that because Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's about all I've seen, all I've all I've uh played these past 2 weeks. I know I haven't really done a lot, but but Joker, I guess the Joker was enough. Uh, to kind of like tick that off of my uh, to-do list, to-watch list. So, okay, Sean just sent me a DM explaining about everything there is about Joker. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on to the actual news because, you know, we are a news show <laughs> and we do do that. So, uh, We our... gave news. We gave the news of what we're up to. That's true. And it's, that is important. We need to know. That, that is important. <laughs> People need to know about that. Yes. We're very important, so, David. Barry. It is. It is. So our first news story this week is all about a little game called Ancestors, and this was uh, a game made by the director. I want to say the creative director of uh, Assassin's Creed. His name is Patrice yeah. de Cerfetes. Okay, uh, he's French. No, no. He's French, and uh, he made. There's a lot of French words. In <laughs> yeah. So I'm to oh yeah. Practice. Oh. How to say them? Yeah. <laughs> if, even the game in the loading screens would be like, "This is how you pronounce this word. This is how you pronounce this word." Yeah, that's cool. French word, two French words put together, and that's his name. Mm-hmm. So he was the creator of Assassin's Creed, the first three games in the Assassin's Creed uh, saga, and he recently came out with a game called Ancestors: The Humankind Odyssey. If you don't know what that game is all about, it's basically about evolution, and you get to be a monkey and. <laughs> And for lack ape, of a better excuse me, huh? What? What did you say? There's a difference between ape and monkey. You play an ape. Oh, I apologize, monkeys. For all the monkeys listening, I I apologize. You play an ape. Apes. I, um, I'm sorry, apes. I I'm, I apologize <laughs> for insulting your God, intelligence. Dave, David, come on, recover, man. We're losing the viewership. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the numbers going down rapidly. <laughs> All Talk ten of our bananas. eight viewers. <laughs> I'm sorry, my eight viewers. Please come back to me, please. We need you. Uh, yes, uh, my apes. Uh, I apologize. Uh, yes, this game is about apes, and you get to be an ape, and uh, you get to follow apes as they evolve and become more intelligent and learn how to build rocks and I don't know, do stuff like that. So anyway, uh, the game came out for PC. Build rocks? Did I say that? Anyway, the game came out you for did. PC you in did. September, okay. and uh, he, the Patrice, uh, it, it didn't really get a lot of good reception. It came out with lukewarm reception, and a lot of reviewers claimed it to be boring and kind of lackluster. There's nothing really to do here. It's kind of like uh, uh, playing a history text textbook or something. And uh, Patrice saw those reviews, and he was angry with them. In an interview with GameIndustry.biz, he said that a lot of reviewers actually didn't play the game. And his evidence in that was that a lot of uh, 
publications claimed of doing things like riding horses or playing with fire, and those things weren't included in the game. The reviewers just kind of made those things up. So he said that uh, uh, another aspect that reviewers didn't really uh, kind of miss the mark on were they didn't really consider the fact that he made the game with only a team of, I believe, 35 people. And they they he said that he thought that the reviewers had this kind of predisposition that they were expecting something on the scale of Assassin's Creed, big budget, big open world, lots of things to explore, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. And uh, they, it just didn't have that because it's a smaller team, obviously a smaller budget, smaller kind of uh, world to, to get lost in. So he's uh, he's also admitting, you know, he himself that uh, maybe he he kind of had his expectations in check as a developer. It's very hard to make games, obviously nowadays. So uh, maybe he hopes that the game, which is coming out on, I think it just came out December sixth on Friday, this past Friday. Uh, it came out for PS4 and Xbox One that he's hoping that people on consoles would receive the game uh, better. But we'll see uh, after this weekend. So anyway, what do you guys think of uh, Patrice's comments about reviewers not actually reviewing the game and, and giving Ancestors Humankind Odyssey uh, bad reviews simply because either they didn't play it or um, just them kind of accept, expecting things that that they shouldn't have been expecting. Uh, Sean, what do you make of this? Um, so, I remember hearing about this game. I forgot when it was announced, but I remember hearing about it. I did not know this game came out. Yeah. I only learned this came out after this story was published where he was saying, oh, well, the viewers, they were expecting something else, and they didn't actually play it, and all that stuff. So, that's how much this game flew under my radar. Yep. Granted, I wasn't paying attention to it much to begin with, so it's, it's you know. But Patrice here, what a giant crybaby. Yeah. Like, he, he he's not even just saying, like, oh, well, they didn't get it. They did, It's not made for them. He didn't say anything like that, where he's just dismissing their opinions. He actually went so far as to say, like, some of them didn't actually play the game, and they just made things up. So he's going so far as to call some of these reviewers liars. Yeah, and as you said, he he quoted some examples as you know playing with fires and riding horses, and said those were never possible in the game. And those who said that happened didn't actually play the game. Mm-hmm. People have looked into that, and they could not find any reviews that mentioned horse riding or playing with fire. Yeah, so this possible he's making shit up now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this guy, you know, I sympathize with the idea that. He's going from making Assassin's Creed games to making a game that's far smaller in scale. I can sympathize with the idea that people might be expecting, but are they? I, I don't think... Because like if he was going from like, okay, we're making Assassin's Creed, and now we're going to make a smaller Assassin's Creed game that's smaller, if that was the case, then maybe I could understand people you know, being having... Uh, mixed expectations, unrealistic expectations. But that's not what happened here. This is a completely separate thing. So I'm not sure people said, oh, well, I liked Assassin's Creed. I'll play Ancestors. It'll be just as equally big and expansive. So I think this guy's making a lot of excuses. Yeah. And, yeah, people said they had a lukewarm reaction to this. But by doing this, 
you're taking that lukewarm reception and you're going to drop it down to hostile if you keep up with this shit. Yeah. you got to just learn to just roll the punches on that one. And it sounds like he's he's the one making stuff up. But I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't investigated this into mm-hmm. huge extent. I'm just going on what I've read. Yeah. Uh, it, Tim, what do you make of Patrice's comments? Uh, one thing that sticks out is um, he mentions that some couldn't deal with how different the game was. And then... <laughs> that's his rationale for what led to these scores yeah. but mm-hmm. oh, no. um i mean it's you know obviously trying new things and trying to be you know innovative is is good but it's it needs to you know if, if it has to be done well yeah you know like like it's great that you've gone and done that but if if you've missed the mark a little bit then you know like you don't you don't just get a pass just because you tried something right you don't you don't different get a free pass just because you try something new it's commendable that if you try something new there's a lot of and by the way him saying oh they didn't like because it's too different there are games out there that are way more different than he is his game is they're way stranger games out there than ancestors but it's great if you try something new but when you try something new you have to be ready to accept that you might fall it might not work out and that doesn't mean you go oh they didn't get it no sometimes it doesn't work out yeah yeah um yeah and then just like what well so i guess apparently no one found those reviews he was talking about where he um like people are saying they were able to ride horses and start fires, but mm-hmm. you know, even even if those did exist and even if they didn't play the game or whatever, there's still a seemingly a good amount of reviews that are still giving the game a kind of a middle of the road, like it's it's okay kind of score. Uh, and with I guess with such a consensus, it feels like there's it's less of that being an outlier and more of that being like a valid point being made by many different places so mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i in terms of my opinion on this i i just i think it is he is being a little bit you know whiny in the sense that uh he he kind of expected him being who he is and it's a it's a little kind of uh um what's the right word here uh, self-righteous i guess in the, in the sense of oh you know i made self uh, I made Assassin's Creed, and you know, like, look at me, and blah, blah, blah. and that's the way they did market the game. In fairness, you know, they did market the game as him, uh, the, the the next game from the creator of Assassin's Creed. So I guess maybe he that's this is his way of saying that was the wrong approach, and uh, marketing the game that in that way uh, maybe set some expectations that that were too lofty, but at the same time. It, it, it seems like you know you have to be proud in your product, and I, I don't. I feel like doing this is is kind of uh, a very. I don't know. It, it, it's almost like shifting the blame. You know, like this is your product, and you poured a lot of your heart and soul into it. So be proud of it, even if 
even if a lot of reviewers don't necessarily find it as entertaining as you do, be proud of what you made and and you know tell other people that it is worth a look if you're if you're into you know slower paced games or if you're into uh, things that are much more about you know learning and and and, and experiences of that nature then then check it out and and, and I I don't know. I just I feel I'm with you guys in the sense that I feel like it is a little bit uh, whiny and and um, yeah. you know just unnecessary. Sour grapes, I think they call it. What is it? Sour grapes is what they call Sour it. Sour grapes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's just just don't don't do that. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's just. I'm not. looking at another quote he had, and he mm-hmm. said, "You know, we know for a fact that some reviewers actually didn't play the game." It is a part of our industry. They have to review games, and they have 15 of them to review in one week, and sometimes they don't have time. And since Ancestors is so different, some of them went, ugh, I don't have time for this. Bull crap. Yeah. I, all of us, I think, have done reviewed games uh, for King Gamer, and I don't think there's anybody on the staff who has ever had 15 games, or anywhere close to 15 games, on their, on their plate to review in a week. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah, and yeah. Even if someone did have fifteen games to review, they wouldn't say, "Oh, this game is so different. I don't want to play it." It stands to reason they'd be like, "That game looks really different. I'll play that one," because yeah. at least of these fifteen games, it's something new. Yeah, they're not gonna be like, "Oh, I'm not gonna play the the different one. I'm gonna play the same fourteen other games I've already seen before." Like, yeah, he's out of his mind, he I- is just flailing and hoping to find a I, rational. I, I do, I do, you know, I, I am with you in the sense that I, I am resentful of the fact that he is kind of saying that journalists aren't doing their jobs and it's, it's as if journalists don't need any more, you know, uh, negativity surrounding them, you know, and he's just trying to kind of, he's, he is kind of jumping on the bag wagon there a little bit. And I don't, I don't think yeah. that that's helpful in any way. So, yeah, I hope that this doesn't really... I don't think it will, because nobody knows what Ancestors is, like you pointed out before, Sean. Um, so I don't think this will really create any waves, um, and I don't think... I think... I, I wish Patrice and his team the best with whatever they're going to do going forward. I did I did see that... Uh, I did. I do know about this game a little bit, because I wrote a feature about it a, long, a couple months ago, uh, and, and he said it was like the first of three or four games that are very similar mm-hmm. so this is like the ape period and then they're going to do like the early human period i don't know what they're called and then they're going to do like more advanced humans so it's going to be like the entire human history uh, and this is just like prehistoric prehistory so i wish him the best of luck with that if if this is kind of the foundation that he's setting we'll see we'll see what happens moving on Let's go on to more salacious news. Uh, this is about Riot Games. And Riot Games has finally reached a settlement of $10 million to the uh, the female employees that uh, filed for a lawsuit last year. I believe last November. and uh, 2014. Two th- okay. Five years wait, ago. No, wait. In two, from 2014 until the date of the... Yeah, the suit began yeah, yeah. in November 2018. Yeah, it began in 2018. Yeah. yeah. You're right. So, uh, if you don't know about this, basically two women uh, filed a a uh, suit against Riot Games 
they claimed that they were going that they were being discriminated against because of their gender, uh, and uh, this this kind of led. I think Kotaku picked it up. Uh, eventually, this this led to a walkout. The people there were inspired by Google. Google did a walkout, I believe, um, the year before that in 2017 or or sometime before that. So they were inspired by Google. And uh, they ma- staged a massive walkout then. Riot Games said, uh, put out a statement saying that they're going to completely uh, reorganize their internal structure and that they're going to put more measures in place so that they could safeguard against gender discrimination, etc., etc. Uh, uh, now we've kind of learned more information about you know the settlement and, and what exactly... Uh, the nature of of the settlement is, and evidently it seems like women f- uh, who were employed there from November uh, 2014, and I should say people who identify as women too, from November 2014 until now will be eligible for a payment from this multi-million dollar pot. So this includes full-time employees and contractors. Uh, and that's this is basically... Riot issued out a statement saying that we're pleased to have a proposed settlement to fully resolve the class action lawsuit. The settlement is another important step forward and demonstrates our commitment to living up to our values and to making Riot an inclusive environment for the industry's best talent. So what do you guys make of this? Is Was this the right thing for Riot to do? I don't – I mean personally I think that this is kind of the only thing that they could have done at this point seeing how as how everything kind of transpired. Uh, Tim, what do you make of uh, the settlements and and the whole fiasco in general? Well, for one thing, that that is a ton of people who are getting like there's there's like a thousand women apparently. Yeah, we'll, something yeah. of that we'll nature. Of that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How much? The, it won't be divided evenly though. Be well, no, no, no. Yeah. So people who are employed longer, yeah, yeah, will get more money than yeah. people. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And I think it's also. Another factor is whether you're a, a full-time employee or a mm-hmm. like, contractor. Right, right. contractor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, so you know, I mean, they're paying money out, and that's nice, you know. But you know, other steps need to be taken other than just like just throwing money towards yeah, you know, things to help it simmer down. And they, I mean, they say that that they're doing initiatives and and whatnot but yeah it needs to actually happen mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's a big old company so it's not a, it's not really that easy just to put a clamp on things so yeah just I, I don't know we'll just have to see if they follow through with what they say they will mm-hmm. i mean undoubtedly it's going to take probably a good couple of years before this kind of stuff is like Set in place. They're totally or mostly like resolved. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and Sean, what do you make of this fiasco? This is a nothing. Um, it's not ten million dollars. Sounds like a lot to us. Yeah, but the article points out that they brought in one point four billion dollars yeah. in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, so ten million dollars to make a problem go away—that's that's nothing to them. Uh, to these women, I'm sure, you know, the payout, you know, depending on who you are, you know, if you're a contractor and how long you work there, I'm sure getting this money feels good. 
it feels like some sort of justice was served. But I guarantee you a lot, if not all of them, are like, we wanted something, not monetarily more, but just like more accountability on Riot's part. Because, yeah, they paid out $10 million and it had some bad press, but they basically... This is a settlement. So while Riot is paying out $10 million, the women also have to give something, which is most likely their silence. Mm -hmm. They have to be like, we're not going to talk about this publicly anymore. And that's what Riot wants. And, um, you know, the article also continues to talk about how... um, I don't know if Riot did this, but there were, uh, some companies would do an arbitration requirement where if you sign up to be a, an employee, you have to agree to arbitration should there be anything that would have gone to court. And I don't know if that happened with Riot. Did these women have to go to uh, arbitration instead of a court? Uh, I don't know. But yeah, it said it did pledge to allow new hires the option to waive the forced arbitration clause once current litigation is resolved. Okay. Even that wording, they give them the option to waive the force arbitration clause. So that means A, the employee needs to know that exists and needs to ask, I would like to waive that clause. And B, there's a chance that, you know, the the higher the people hiring will be like, We need you to sign an arbitration clause. Would you be willing to do that? And if they say no, they might not get hired. And the HR can be like, well, we didn't hire them because some other legal reason. But I don't think this does anything. I think this is just sweeping it under the rug for a $10 million rug. This is, I, you know... I, I'm confused. I'm sure the women are glad to get some money yeah. uh, to, for their pain and suffering. And, you know, this is always shitty to hear because... You know, there need, there's a big push to get more women into STEM fields. That's science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, because those fields pay the most money and have some of the fewest women. Uh, STEM fields and things like working in an oil rig. Very few women. And then you have something like this happen, and it's going to cause a lot of women to be like, I don't want to work in that field. I don't want to work in a male-dominated field, even if I'm helping to make it more even, if I have to deal with, uh, as they call it, quote-unquote, men-first bro culture and crotch-grabbing, phantom-humping, and sending unsolicited and unwelcome pictures of male genitalia, which is probably the most words used to ever say dick pics. So, Wait, that actually I wish happened. Riot was a bit more accountable. So, so that, I, I, you know, I, I don't remember this actually happening, and... and... Um, I mean, I do remember Riot. You know, this actually, I do happen to walk. I do happen to to remember the walkout. I remember Polygon. I think or or Kotaku covered it extensively, um, mm-hmm. but I never really figured out what exactly they were walking out against. And I, was it the dick pics? Was it that? I think it was a solidarity move. Um, but like, it was sort of like. You know, while we aren't part of the suit, we do sympathize with the women who are part of this, and we're going to walk out. Um, it could have been some other reasons, like Riot might have had some other uh, bad things going on, but yeah. that also led to nothing because Riot didn't do anything, and the employees eventually just walked back in. Or maybe they quit, but Riot got they're still they're still running. So yeah, I'm I'm just 
kind of confused as to what exactly they're campaigning for. Because I, 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 like, the employees, like, okay, I know discrimination, gender discrimination, but, like, how are they discriminated against? I just, I don't really um, understand. I, I, like, I haven't looked at, like, the suit details or anything like that. But from what I've yeah. really gathered from some articles is that they, the women felt that the office had sort of a bro culture. And this happens in a lot of office spaces uh, where there's like male dominance, especially the higher ups, mm. where women feel excluded because they can't be part of conversations like sports or talking about the hot piece of tail they picked up at the bar last night. Or they, they don't feel like they can get into that inner circle because of this culture. And then you have things like phantom humping and a hot girl list where they rank the women in the, in the office based on their attractiveness and oh, you just, okay. you, yeah. The women just don't feel like people anymore in this environment. They just, they feel you know objectified. They feel yeah. dehumanized and just, hmm. you know, it's. I don't know. And and then you feel like you can't advance in the workplace because you don't meet these certain standards that these guys have. Yeah, I don't know. I I I, uh, I have opinions about that. Like I just. I don't know. Like, I I feel like well this yeah. this 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 settlement is is what it is and and you know they Riot has to pay and and you know they 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 did their due diligence and um they did a good job <laughs> the women's the women who were involved with it in in the sense of uh, them getting some kind of fiscal compensation whatever it may be um, at least they're getting something out of uh they're they're getting their supposed uh. Uh, discrimination and turning it around into something fiscal, which isn't a bad thing. So, uh, I mean, aside from the whole discrimination part, I, I just, I, I don't know, when it comes to cases like these, it, it, I always feel like I want more evidence before I could form an opinion on it, and I mean... It's a hard thing. Yeah, like... I, I don't know how much evidence they're able to present. Like, a yeah. hot girl list, it feels like that's a physical piece you could... Exactly. Actually, like, look, look, here's this list they made. Exactly. Um, but things like phantom humping, you know, that that's hard to be like, that actually happened. Unless you can have, you know, physical evidence, it's not going to sway many people. Yeah. Uh, witness testimonies, even from like a thousand women, is yeah. pretty overwhelming, but people will still always take physical evidence over witness testimonies. Yeah. And, and that's um, just how I feel. Like, I just about these types of cases in general, just, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I can't really have an opinion until I have some kind of solid evidence for it. And I, I'm not saying I don't feel bad if, if this actually happened. I do feel bad, you know. I, I wouldn't – if I imagine my daughter in that workspace, I would want her to have, you know, all the rights that, that she should have, you know. I, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be unsympathetic. I'm just trying to say, you know, uh, that there should be due diligence and not jumping the gun. But ultimately, in this scenario, I feel like – this is kind of Riot's self-contained problem, and this is something that they had to do on their own. And I'm happy that they're doing changes and doing things to kind of rectify it, whatever it may be. So, you know. Well, they they say they are. Well, it, yeah. You know, again, yeah. you got to look at the verbiage. Are they saying, mm-hmm. we're going to do this? Or are they saying, we're going to make our best efforts to do this? I, I should say, yeah, I should say I'm happy that they're saying that. Now we'll see... If they actually do it, you know, in the future. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's how I stand on that. Uh, moving on to a new story that's 
less controversial. <laughs> uh, this is about Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil 3 Remake, if I'm going to be more specific. Something leaked about Resident Evil 3 Remake, because, you know, it hasn't actually been confirmed by Capcom yet, and that something is the cover of the game. Uh, the cover features Nemesis, right? Our, our favorite mm-hmm. uh, bad boy. And Jill Valentine uh, with a new look, and Carlos with a new look, too, which is exciting. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited that they're doing the whole uh, realism thing again, with like they do with RE2 Remake, but I want to hear what you guys think about it. Tim, what do you make of uh, the uh, RE3 Remake, the new look? Uh, cool poster. Don't necessarily care about the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's very honest. Thank you. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I just haven't played them. That's that's really all. So yeah, yeah. Low and in, low investment here. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. And I know Sean, you are in a similar boat, right? Yeah, um, I have played some Resident Evil games, and I watched my friend play Resident Evil Three back in the day. I don't remember it very vividly, but I do remember uh, characters like Nemesis and all that um it it looks well made um jill looks like i want to say natalie portman in that yeah she kind of does i think i think Uh, she's based off of natalie portman uh they might have yeah they they Um, base a lot of their characters off of western actors so yeah that that was the thing about the resident evil series it was uh a send-up of 80s action and sci-fi movies yeah. set in a horror setting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, it, it sort of evolved into something else from that point. Uh, but I, I have played some... I have I've played Resident Evil 4 and 5 and... No, I think that's it. But I have played those two. Uh, it looks, based on this cover art, like good. It, you know? Yeah. Uh, as for... It, it does look realistic more grounded. I will always be on the side of style over realism because after so many years, realism will no longer look realistic in a game. But style will always look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might be at a point where like, even this level of realism will always look fine no matter how far into the future we go. Yeah. But who knows? You know, We need our eyes to adjust or something like that. Well, I'm glad people are excited for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I find it hard to get excited for a game that's. It, I like that it's a remake, rather than just like a remaster where they just kind of punch up the graphics a little bit and make it run in 1080. Yeah. Those those examples, I'm like, eh, you know, I don't, I don't need to buy the game again to do that. Yeah. But Resident Evil 3's case and Resident Evil 2, they actually rebuilt it from the ground up, and yeah. I appreciate that. So I can appreciate Resident Evil 3 for what it's trying to do, which is remake the game while yeah. you know keeping all the things that made the game special yeah uh but just making it look prettier i i i i do think that they do put some type of style in it though like i i feel like it's it's kind of like that i don't know like there's there's like a horror style to it like the the way that the characters look and feel i maybe i'm maybe i'm alone here but like i i feel like there's like a gritty style to it. It's not necessarily realistic. 
I, I don't know. What I mean by stylized, like what you're talking about is more of the aesthetics. And it is yeah. aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, stylized, yeah. I would mean is like uh, Overwatch characters. Oh, uh, like cartoons. You know, yeah, have, gotcha, gotcha. They yeah. have bigger eyes. They have somewhat warped dimensions. I see. I see what you're saying. Uh, but yeah. within the game itself, it looks fun. Like Breath of the Wild, where it's like this weird shaded so not weird like it, it's this nice shaded yeah. look yeah, yeah i gotcha i gotcha okay yeah i mean i i as for me i've played i haven't played too many resident evil games either but i i'm happy you know that that mm-hmm. capcom is still kind of continuing this uh, you know with with the goodwill that they had with resident evil 2 remake and i hope that resident evil 3 remake is just as good as Resident Evil 2 Remake. I played that briefly with my friend, and I know he loves it. He's a Resident Evil fanatic, and he loves that mm. game. He, he's absolutely in love with it. So I, I hope that uh, this is just as good as that. Do you guys think that there's going to be a Resident Evil 4 Remake? That's a good question. Because I, I can't believe it hasn't come out already, because that's like really? one of the most beloved Resident Evils. Yeah, but uh, I, I know some of the more diehard Resident Evil fans uh, don't like it as much as other people because it said yeah. that was when they sort of moved the the series into a different direction. Yeah, action or like. adventure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they they, they kind of prefer the survival horror aspects of the first three. Yeah, and all the other spinoffs. Yeah, uh, but Resident Evil Four is like. Yeah, a lot of people love it, so I'm surprised they haven't done that yet. And I, I, I just feel like they keep um, re-releasing it so often, oh, so yeah. it's like, like, like why bother? <laughs> They're just going to re-release yeah. it again. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Know. So if this does well, and it will do well, I can't imagine this bombing. They'll make Resident Evil Four. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I think they, they've they've of course gone with Resident Evil Three because it's you know it comes after two and they can use <laughs> a lot of the assets that they yeah. use in two yeah 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 you know it's still in raccoon city and all that stuff whereas resident evil 4 is not at all that same sort of yeah setting so they'd have to do things from the ground up yeah yeah it'd be, it'd be interesting what they do if anything with resident evil 4 and f- maybe five who knows so i played five i enjoyed five but i played it with a friend so I played it co-op, and I, a lot yeah. of people, when they said they didn't like it, it's because they thought Sheva's uh, AI was stupid. But because I played through a friend for the whole thing, I, that never became an issue for me. Yeah, I mean, eh, Resident Evil 5 was... It was okay. I mean, I, I like I, I like the setting. I like Africa. I thought it was cool. Um, and I, I, I thought that some of the... I think they're called Kujuju um, zombies... Mm-hmm. That I thought that some of the designs were cool, like so, like there was like a vampire bat and like all these crazy things in the, in that game, and, and I thought that was that was interesting. I think they really kind of expanded their horizons there, but I did stray a little too much from the survivor horror roots, and I, you know it just felt like a different franchise entirely to me but yeah but whatever whatever the case may be you know i think they're doing a good thing with resident evil 3 remake i think they 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 have a good kind of uh they have their marching orders in the sense that they know what's successful in this franchise it's the survivor horror so i think they're gonna keep doing that um i think even resident evil 4 is gonna be more survivor horror than it is action adventure so so yeah we'll we'll just have to see though 
All right, so let's move on to the topic of the show. This week's topic is going to be kind of similar to a topic that we've covered before, uh, except it's not going to be a question. It's going to be a definitive answer or definitive statement, I should say. And this statement is, you don't own live service games. You don't. Uh, and I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, everyone listening to this podcast. You, you don't own live service games. Uh, yes, you're the you. the CEO of a company that makes it. You don't own it. You don't own it. You don't own it. Too bad. So this is coming off of... <laughs> uh, this is coming off of news this past week that Battleborn... Remember Battleborn? That 2K game? It'll be shutting no. down. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so Battleborn basically was a game that came out like right before Overwatch. And it was basically trying to start the hero shooter movement. But it failed spectacularly. Mm-hmm. And um, Overwatch kind of picked it up from there. Anyway, uh, Battleborn will be shutting down its servers in 2021. And uh, 2K announced this on their official website uh, uh, not too long ago. So after this upcoming February, people won't be able to buy virtual currency anymore. So that's already kind of like... um, So so the, the, the three players out there who are pumping in money into this, they must be downcasts entirely uh and that the ser- the servers will remain active up until january 2021 and then after that sayonara it'll be gone forever uh that's not the only news of live service games not existing anymore gwent the witcher card game that's also coming to an end but it's only coming to an end on consoles uh cd project red stated that they no longer want to produce the game on consoles because they think that the game is available on too many platforms, and I guess what they're trying to get at here is that they're being spread through too thin, and they really need to focus mm-hmm. on PC, and then most of their customers are on PC anyway, so they might as well focus their efforts on PC. Lastly... Focus on the best crowd. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's essentially what they're saying. Lastly, uh, The Elder Scrolls Legends is also being somewhat shut down. Um, it, it's still, It's still... Active and you guys have to kind of help me here. Uh, development has ended, and the council launch for the game, uh, which was supposed, which was unveiled at E3 2018, that's been entirely canceled. Um, and they're gonna. What, did they give an exact date here, guys? I don't think so, right? I don't think they gave it. A, I think the date is now. They're not <laughs> developing. New content for right. Elder Scrolls Legends. They will. You can still play it, but yeah, I think they said they'll, they'll still do like in-game events, and yeah, promotions. But there won't be any like. I don't think they're going to do any new cards. They're not. I don't know how Elder Scrolls Legends plays. So yeah, basically, basically, yeah, basically, they're just giving everyone a free card deck um, as a consolation prize, and then I, my assumption is, looking at a quick glance at this, they could still buy things in the game but they just it just they're, they're, there's going to yeah. be nothing new um in the near future and if anything at all and that essentially it's going to be kind of left in the dust and when it dies it dies and they're going to shut it off when no one's playing anymore yeah. no one's going to play anymore they're not going to even try anymore and it's going to be gone forever so yeah, it's still a live service game but it's like in a coma it's not going to do anything new yeah it's just it's alive but it's not doing anything but it won't be alive forever yeah 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 so 
what do you guys make of live service games? Are you – is this uh, – uh, I'm trying to think of a good question to ask you because, I mean, we all know that live service games, we don't actually own them, right? But right. do we see live service games like ever slowing down? Do you think like this news is – impeding people to, to, to it's like is, is it encouraging people to to kind of stay away from live service games do are people just ignoring it do people just not care or what do you think uh, tim um i mean i feel like there's there's situations where people don't necessarily have a choice like yeah, I mean, people can obviously choose whether to invest in something or not, but sometimes, like with like with Fallout, like the latest, newest Fallout game is live service, and there's people who just they want to experience the newest mm-hmm. iteration of their franchise, but that they you know they, there's no choice in the matter in the sense of that. It is what it is, and Fallout seventy six is a live service game. Yeah, it's it's um, not like with live service games. It's not like, well, here's the online version, here's the offline version, and the offline version won't get any new content, but you can play it forever. That doesn't happen. It's live service, or you don't play that game. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's people who've, you know, they've reconciled that. All right, whatever. Even if it's, I mean, even in the case of Fallout seventy six, which is been considered not a great game there's still people who who play it they just kind of deal with it so at least in terms of like people being deterred from investing them i'd at least currently i'd say no um and man man, these companies they sure like making them so (laughs) i don't really see them not they gotta be profitable i mean they want to keep making them if they weren't profitable yeah 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 it, Sean, what say you? What do you think of live service games? You know, are, are people um, still going to latch onto it despite all these games coming out within uh, shutting, supposedly shutting down within a span of you know a week? Well, uh, I don't think live service games are going to go anywhere. If this news was like Overwatch will be shutting down yeah. in twenty twenty one. Or Final Fantasy XIV will be shutting down in 2021. That might stir people to go like, oh, live service games are bullshit. But it's Battleborn, so no one really cares. And people are kind of, they're going to laugh and be like, ah, Battleborn is finally dead, ah, and move on. Without really seeing that it's an example of what people have been, you know, doomsaying about since live service games came out. Which is that any game that is beholden to an online server can one day go away. Mm-hmm. And this has happened for years now. you you got MMOs that kind of die out, and you have players who want to continue playing it so that they try to get the source code and they try to host it on their own servers and stuff like that. And the companies that own the game will try to shut it down despite the fact that they don't make any money off of that game anymore. They still want to shut it down in case they one day want to remaster it or something like that, or some bullcrap yeah. that they won't ever do. Um, but for the longest time with these live service games, once live service became a word and it moved away from just MMOs, people started saying, you don't own these games, though. 
they could be taken away from you at any moment. And it, it never happened that often. A lot of people didn't notice. And if it did happen, it didn't happen to games that people really noticed. Like, um, I don't know if you guys remember this game, and I'm going to get the name wrong. It was an EA game called, like, Dark Spore or something like that. Dark something. And it was a live service game. It had online capabilities. And they shut it down. You can't play it anymore. And that's one of the things they say in the Battleborn announcements. One of the questions is, uh, will I still be able to play Battleborn in any fashion, e.g. the single-player campaign, peer-to-peer games, after the servers go offline? And 2K said, no. Once the servers go offline in January 2021, Battleborn won't be playable in any way. So this isn't a case of like, oh, I can never play this game with the online multiplayer again. This is a case of you won't be able to play the game even in fashions that wouldn't require an online service or a server to maintain. They're just going to take it away from you. And so people need to recognize that you don't own these games if they can do that. Hmm. And, you know, with Battleborn, you know, again, no one really played it. Uh, Because people kept comparing it to Overwatch, which a lot of people said it's not like Overwatch. It's not trying to be like Overwatch. It just released at a bad time. And even... Even though it came out before Overwatch, Overwatch was hosting like a beta demo event during the week that Battleborn came out. Yeah. So Blizzard knew how to stomp out the competition. Uh, but Battleborn, you can't buy Battleborn anymore. So if you're looking at this like, well, I guess now's the time to try out Battleborn, you can't do it. You can't purchase it anymore. And there, as far as I know, there, there was no announcement that it was going to be taken off the store shelves. No, they just took it sure. off. Yeah, they just they just they just took it off. Yeah. So by 2020, next year by February, you won't be able to purchase their in-game currency, which that's good because that noise is horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll still be able to spend whatever you have, and you'll be able to earn it in game, but you won't be able to buy it. And then in one year, the servers go down. To me. Just as an aside, if you know your game is going to be shutting down, even though it's within like two years, why not just make everything free? Just make yeah. the premium currency. Just I don't know if there's another currency in game that's more easier to buy, easier to earn, but make all the stuff be earnable and just you know let people have fun with it. You know, there's those last hurrah as the ship goes down into the icy waters. You know, play them off with some nice music, not just like nope, we're still going to try to. Take money from you. Yeah. So I, I just think that they don't want to even touch this game anymore. Like they don't even want to yeah. <laughs> do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like that that they, would yeah. that would require some kind of effort and they just <laughs> they don't true. care. That's true. <laughs> you know? So um That's true. Yeah. But yeah, this this idea that you won't even be able to play it offline is just like I think that, that really drives it home that like you don't own these games because yeah. even though you've bought the game, you spent money on the premium currency that is all for nothing because it's gone now. So, you know, you look at, like, retro games. Like, you know, I have, I have a Super Nintendo in storage. If I ever want to bust that out and play some Super Mario RPG on that, I can. Yeah. It wasn't beholden to any servers or online things. But now, 10 years from now, will I be able to play Overwatch? I mean, I'm sure, like, Overwatch 5 will be out. But um, will I be able to play, let's say, Destiny 1? Let's say I really enjoy Destiny 1. All the content they put out, and people still play Destiny 1 to this day, despite that Destiny 2 is, is out. Mm-hmm. People still play Destiny 1. In 10 years from now, will I be able to play Destiny 1, or will they just take it off? And That's a good question. So, 
the unfortunate thing is that live service games are reality. It's mm-hmm. like I said, there's no like alternative when you have a game that's a live service game. It's not like here's Fallout live service, here's Fallout single player. Well, I, I mean, you know, like it's it, the same game, mm-hmm. but one's online and one's not. I I feel like it's it's when you look at it like a wider scope, like look at PS like the P, like the PlayStation Store and the Xbox Live Store, like. What if PlayStation and even Nintendo, you know, what if they don't exist anymore? You know, like, yeah, that's it. Like, you can't, you can't get any of those digital yeah. games anymore. You know, and we paid. There are people who paid lots of money, and I'm sure you guys have paid lots of money to buy digital copies of games. You know, I, I think I have. Yeah. I don't remember, but <laughs> but I think I have too. You know, <laughs> and it's like, and and. That's just sad, you know. Like it, it, it does feel like it's a waste of money in a way, you know. Like, yeah. like well, it's it's a lie, you know. Yeah, like when you I'm think when, you're buying a product, but mm-hmm. you're not. When we're all senior citizens, will those companies exist anymore? I don't know. You know, we 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 can't we can't ever be able to tell. You know, and oh, and I want to play some Destiny. Yeah, but. What? Yeah, and, and we won't be able to download those things from. I mean, I, I'm sure, like, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past them. Like Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, they wouldn't want to keep any servers up to so that we as as legacy clients, you know, could pick up, could download their games. Why would they? Why would they bother? You know, they're in the profit yeah. of making money, and if they no longer want to do that, then why? Why? Why would they? You know, like it just. It's just scary, you know, when you think about it that way. Yeah. Um, and that's partially the reason why I don't really invest too much in digital games. Like, I still have, you know, PS Plus, and I and I pay like I think it was like I think it was like forty bucks on Black Friday or something. So I pay like the forty bucks a year to have that. I have all those free games and stuff like that, and I play every one every now and then. Um, rarely, Sometimes but every I now play video games. I, <laughs> you know, like. I download them at least. <laughs> so they, yeah, okay. I don't play them. But I download them at least. So you know, I like it, to look at them. You know? I like to look at them. I like don't to know that I box. have them. Mid yeah, condition. exactly. So you know, like I, I, I don't know. I, it just feels like all that money is is a waste. And I can only imagine people who've spent hundreds of dollars on Steam. I know though there was that story about a senator who paid like. Did you read that story? Um, mm. this is past week. I saw. Yeah, it. like he was basically he was like this weird senator who was like vaping in in Congress or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and he uh, he basically spent like I think something like a thousand dollars in his campaign funds on Steam and <laughs> on games on Steam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? And then he got what a he mad resigned. Lad. What a mad. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, like I, I can imagine so. Like maybe it was just like the summer stale or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, like something like that, you know. And and I can imagine there are people there who who spend like way more than a thousand dollars on on one sale, oh, yeah. you know, for for Steam games. What if Steam goes away? You know, what if Valve? What if Half Life Alex just completely bombs and then Valve yeah. can't? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just scary it to think about. All the money. It. Yeah, yeah. Well, like for the longest time I was resistant like you to digital games I'm like well I, I want to have a physical copy what what happens if like my account gets hacked what what do I do yeah um and I have since you know given up on the crusade a because most of the games I buy are like indie games 
and they don't have a physical release. Yeah. And B, because digital games have become so prevalent that even if you go to a store, a brick-and-mortar store, and you buy a box, nine times out of ten, all that's in the box is a code to redeem it on Steam. Yeah. So yeah. either way, you're still getting... Oh, really? Top. Yeah. Um, so you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Steam at least has, in their terms of service, they say if the Steam servers ever go down and Steam is no longer manageable you will be able to download all your games to your computer DRM-free. You you'll, you'll have a list available. You'll be able to download no matter what. Right, However, that's right. still just what they say. I don't know how legally binding that is. Yeah. I, I don't, Would that I don't, be within a I certain mean, period of time? Because, like, yeah, I, I depending know. how many games you have, that's a lot of space you, you would You have need. to imagine. Right? Like, I don't have all my games downloaded to my computer. You no. would have to imagine <laughs> that that would only be, like, a couple years, and then uh, after you have a while... two hours to download games. Yeah. Okay, bye. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> I need to buy, like, 20 hard drives. Oh, frick. <laughs> right? Uh, so, like, my Steam li- library is huge, mostly because, you know, I got in on Steam when they started doing all those insane sales where, like, things were, like, really, really deeply discounted. 20 cents. And Humble Bundle, yeah. when Humble Bundle had, like, a lot of, like, surprisingly good deals and stuff like that. Yeah. So I have, like, a lot of games that I, most of them I've never even touched. And, like, there, there are websites where you can actually, like, calculate what your Steam library is worth. Like, it'll, it'll calculate how much each game is worth and, like, total it all up. And it'll also calculate how much is worth based on all the sales that have happened with those games. Yeah. Um, and I've done that, and I'm not going to say how much my account's worth because it's embarrassing. But it's a <laughs> lot. I'd be losing a lot of money uh, if all those games just went poof, poof, went away. Uh, like, I have a few games through Humble Bundle that are, like, I can download DRM-free, and they just they go right to my computer. Yeah, I have a few games, but not a lot, and not any that I'm like really eager to play. So, you know, this idea of like digital games and live service games, you know, it sounds wonderful when you hear it. It's like, oh, I don't have to go to a store. I just have this all on my computer. I can install it whenever I want, and here's a game that I can play. And if I'll, I'll enjoy it, and they'll keep adding new content forever and ever. It'll just keep getting better. It sounds nice, but it's not the reality. And as we see with Battleborn and Elder Scrolls Legends, I would be surprised if within the next two years they don't say we're taking it off servers. Yeah, yeah. I would be surprised. I'm I'm going to look into it. I would be also surprised if that Elder Scrolls Blades is still going. Oh, man. I'd be surprised wow. if that's going. And I would be surprised if it continues to go for the next, let's say, two years again. Yeah. Because these are games that not a lot of people played, not a lot of people cared about. So they might... Is that an online service? Yeah, it, well, it, it came out on phones, and it has microtransactions and stuff like that. So uh-huh. it's an online service game. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you don't own the things that you buy anymore. Yeah. And I think there's more and more push... Uh, uh, politically to uh, have like legislation say like if you pay money for something you own it that is your thing now unless you're buying a service yeah and of course when they make that distinction video game companies will just say we don't sell video games we sell services yeah and but yeah they're always saying it's, it's called a live yeah. service game there, yeah. there's also you're not buying a game you're buying a live service the, so you the, don't own it. 
there's also the illegal, you know, fine line that you have to tread from a developer standpoint mm-hmm. of like piracy, because you know you could say people people could buy your game off of a storefront, and then you know that legislation could be in place where they says you own the game, and then what does that mean? You know, that means you could modify the game however you like. You could resell the game or whatever, and and I, I'm sure a lot of publishers wouldn't exactly want that. Um, they don't want to that. have that to That's happen. So so it's yeah. like I think I think really the industry is kind of pushing against any kind of legislation. They just want to you know continue down this path of yeah. you know oops Battleborn you know Overwatch two is canceled even though it hasn't come out yet I mean, or like the light, the servers yeah. are going you know whenever you know you know what I'm yeah. saying like the servers are going down tomorrow. You know, fuck you. Yeah. Bye. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Pretty much. And, yeah. you know, like why you said reselling games, companies don't like that. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. fought hard against GameStop because GameStop made most of its money through uh, uh, pre-used games, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. pre-owned games. Yeah. And, but the problem is that when someone buys that game, the publishers don't get any of that money or the yeah. developers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they felt that they were losing money. But if you sell a live service game, well, that's not something you can resell. It's an online service. It's locked to your name. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, of course, you can't resell digital goods mm-hmm. uh, once you install it. Uh, you mm-hmm. might be able to get a return through Steam. Yeah. But, so yeah. I want to pose you guys our final nail in the coffin question this week. Does news of these live service games coming down or supposedly coming down in the near future, does that deter you from playing live service games? Or are you just kind of undeterred? Do you not really care? Are you still going to be pumping away at Destiny 2, killing all those, what are they called, warlocks or whatever? Tim? No, you play as warlocks. You don't fight warlocks. <laughs> I, don't, well, I don't know, man. Killing the Or the Iron Banner. Or the, yeah, unless you're that's what that you see exactly, Sean. That's exactly what I was talking about. See, I was <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> it's what I was talking about, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Tim, what, uh, what are you deterred in any way? This news. Well, I guess when you put it like that, um, like like would I stop playing Destiny? Honestly. Probably not. Though, yeah. I mean, at least in that case, I've paid nothing for that game, so that yeah. that that is something to you to lose know. nothing with that. Yeah, yeah, and I I don't really plan on spending money on it. Um, not even for like season passes or stuff. So, I guess, I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine how I'd feel if I did pay for it. I mean, honestly, even if I put down like. Even if I put down like twenty bucks for it, I guess I, I, I guess maybe that that wouldn't deter me because hmm. okay. I don't know I, I have I have enough enjoyment out of it. I guess right. you feel I your guess. enjoyment was worth the price of admission, and if you can't go back yeah. to it, that's fine. You still had your time. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I get. Yeah, you know, I guess. I guess that's it. I guess that's sort of like the movie theater mentality. You're paying a ticket to see a movie, and you don't get to take that movie home with you, but you still saw it. You had the experience, and you had the time, and you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. 
And, and Sean, what about you? Uh, it, it's hard to be deterred when you know that this is the current climate and it's not going to change. Mm-hmm. I will be more resistant to jump onto a live service game. Because uh, before Battleborn, it was just sort of like, you know, this is what's going to happen. But I, I can't remember of any instances where it did happen. That, uh, you know, there's Dark Spore or Spiral or something like that. And some MMOs that get taken down and people want to play again. But I guess if this happened to a game I actually played, I'd be more affected by it. But, you know, I never played Battleborn. Right. It's It's like... This is what the future. This is what the the future is now. This is what it is, and so you're basically saying, "Are you deterred from playing games anymore?" And I can't <laughs> say that I will. Yeah, you yeah. know that's. Hmm. But again, you know, I have those old games I can go back. Like Tim, you're talking today how you were playing Pokemon Emerald. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you own that game. That's yours. You can go back to it whenever you want. It's not a live service game. But if it was a live service game, you probably wouldn't be able to go back to it. Mm. That just want to be an option, mm. and so again to use movie theater mentality, yeah, you know, it doesn't really fit with this because yes, with a movie theater, I can go into the movie, I can pay the admission, I can get the experience, I saw it, but I don't get to keep the movie. Sure, but later on down the line, I can buy a copy of that movie to watch whenever I want. In this case, yes, I might pay twenty dollars to pet to play Destiny two. And if it gets taken down, then I don't get to play Destiny 2 anymore. But there's no alternative where I can buy Destiny 2 and play it whenever I want. So mm-hmm. it'd be like movies being gone forever once they're out of theaters. I don't think anyone would enjoy that. That's how things used to be with movie theaters. And they said, this is stupid. Let's invent VCRs. And so they did. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't say it would deter me just because... There's there's very few alternatives. Right. It's the problem. Right. But I don't play a lot of live service games to begin with, so it's... Mm-hmm. A, yeah, I, a I'm like you. Like, I, I don't... I mean, I don't play a lot of games to begin with. But <laughs> and, and let alone live service games, you know? I, I mean, the only kind of uh, game that I could think of that I did play that what did have like a live service aspect to it were the Uncharted games, the multiplayer components them and they were really fun and i played them for many hours uh back when i had time and you know i I got a lot of enjoyment out of them and they shut down their servers this year and i didn't put any money into it and i felt like i mean i was sad that they were shut down i'm sad that i would never i could never play them again but at the same time you know i also feel like that chapter in my life is closed and i'm kind of okay with it going away forever does that make any sense like it, maybe it's like a personal thing but, but here's the thing like yeah the multiplayer servers are gone but you can still play uncharted i mean yeah i could i could still play the single player component i can't play the multiplayer yeah. component though like it, it's like completely Battle gone Born, yeah both multiplayer and single player is gone it's Even gone single yeah, player yeah, yeah. shouldn't mm-hmm. need a server to host it right right right, right, right. but if yeah, i right, if right. i'm just analyzing it you know purely from like like if I consider Uncharted two like purely a multi a multiplayer game, and like I I could tell you like I I did not play a lot of the single player campaign even though it was great it was phenomenal like I put in most of my time in that game in the multiplayer component and I loved it for it 
Um, and I don't really think I'd play the single-player campaign anymore. I, I know it pretty well enough uh, at this point, so I don't... I have no desire to re- revisit it anytime soon. But, like, if I were to revisit it, it would be only for the multiplayer component, and now that that's gone, I'd have no reason, you know? But I, I also don't feel very remorseful, because it's like... I, I did it, you know, like, I, I played a ton, sunk a ton of hours into it, and it's it's gone, it's over, you know, I, I'm... I'm okay, you know, and I feel like like a lot of people would be in the same boat. Like if if the game that if they did spend money into put money into it and they don't play it anymore, like if the if the servers were going to shut down, they'd be like, okay, you know, like I put I put my 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 money into this game. I put many hours into this game. It's shutting down. Maybe I'll go revisit it before the sh- the servers shut down, and then that's it. You know, like I, I I've moved on with. A, different games i've moved on with my life so i don't really see it there's a little bit of remorse there but it's not really like angry it, it angry remorse if that makes any sense it's more of like just sadness um so i i, I don't know it's also a matter of uh preservation of games like well, a lot of people want yeah. to like just preserve games as like a historical thing like you know to look back at like this is what games were and when you have a game like battleborn that's going to get shut down you can't do that. You can't preserve it. It's gone. Yeah, but I mean, like, with with the internet, you could also argue that it is preserved, you know, with playthroughs on the internet, screen grabs, yeah. coverage on, you know, various websites and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's not gone entirely in, 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 in the sense of, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it ever existing. Tigers, but I still want tigers to exist. Yeah. And it's not yeah, a perfect yeah, yeah. example, but, like, yeah. yeah, you know, I know what you're trying to say. I could still yeah, yeah, yeah. see Battleborn existed, but I know what you're trying I won't to say. Be able to experience it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I guess, I guess, kind of my my overall sentiment is, I don't think I don't really put a lot of money into life series. Like I personally don't put a lot of money into games in general. Um, most of the games I play, I get for free, um, and that's not tuning my own home. It's just I I can only play the Part games. Yeah, it's my job, and I can only—I usually only play the games that I have to do for my job. So, um, you know, like I—I I don't really put a lot of money into live service games anyway. So, like, I wouldn't really feel remorseful if live service games are no longer like even current ones. Like, if Overwatch died, you know, next week, I wouldn't really care because I have never played Overwatch. I mean, I, I have played Overwatch, but I, I don't—I never put any money into it. So, you know, like, I just have no attachment to live service games, so it's not really something that I'm in, in my purview where I would have any emotional attachment to it. So, that that's that for me. Alright, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Keen Gamer Podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Join us next week as we discuss another seemingly controversial topic. I'm your host again, Dave Lozada. You can find me on Twitter at Xenocreator125. Sean Raybine is here. You can find him on Twitter at Gingerbread. That's D-J-I-N-N-G-E-R underscore bread. And Tim is here. You can find him on King Gamer writing articles as usual. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I hope it was great as our Thanksgiving. And I, we hope to have you listen to our podcast next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.